and we're back with another episode of the MDM Podcast. I'm Joe Morales, joined my co-host Trevor Markowski. Trevor, Yankee win tonight. How are we doing? Doing good, you know. Finally all came together tonight. Yeah, it all came together behind a great start by Debbie Garcia, Glaber Torres breaking out, and we have the scoreboard watch now. And thankfully, the New York Mets came back from their shabacle earlier in the game where they were down six runs in the fourth inning. Now they've at least come back to tie it in the seventh. We saw this Monday against the Phillies where the Mets battled back, but um, now we got to hope they hold on. And like other Yankee fans, I have to scoreboard watch now teams like the Tigers, teams like the Orioles and the Mariners, and they played the Blue Jays. But I would, I never would have thought that we're sitting here doing a show on September 9th having doubts about the New York Yankees missing the playoffs. And it, the thought of it is just embarrassing. Yeah, I don't have I, I don't have any doubts. They're gonna make the playoffs. I do yeah. too. Go ahead. But you know, hey, it's a sixty game season. You know, injury slumps happen. But you know, like I said, just gotta get in this year because you know, winning the division doesn't really do anything this year. No, I completely agree, and it, it that's kind of the philosophy for almost every year is just get in. No matter if it's a wild card team, if you're a division winner, just get in because once you're in, anything can happen. So right now they're in they're in third place, two games behind the Blue Jays. They have a wild card spot. So if the season ended tonight, right? I'm just looking at all the scores. Yeah, if the season ended tonight, they'd be in. Now, Tampa though, they they would have to play Tampa. And do you have any doubt? Do you have any confidence the Yankees beat Tampa in a playoff series right now? They'll beat Tampa. You think they will? Yes. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I. I they, don't they think sweep, they play them. What? They they'll sweep Tampa if they play them again. You think they no. sweep with the way the team is right now? You think they sweep Tampa in three games? Yes. Oh no, Trevor! Absolutely not. I. I mean, look, Tampa is a far better baseball team than they are right now. But tonight we have Debbie Garcia, who let, let's let's call it like it is. Amazing start. And going forward, no matter how you do it, Devi Garcia needs to be in this rotation moving on. I, I completely agree. And you know what? I think he one day, years down the line, could be the ace of the rotation. He's got that stuff. And we saw it tonight. I mean, he gave up two runs. It's not, it's not the end of the world. But he gets the win. And you know what else? He goes seven strong. That's huge from because when this bullpen's struggling, you can get seven innings out of your starter. That's two days in a row now. Where the Yankees are able to get depth out of their starters. Only five hits for those seven innings. And he's got a ZRA just north of three in uh, only a handful of major league starts. So, like I said, you have to find this guy uh, somewhere to pitch in this rotation. Yeah, I, compl- I completely agree. You know, I, he doesn't throw fast, but he has movement, the curveball, the changeup. He was really good tonight. I think he could have went out there for the eighth inning, if you ask me. Yeah, going into the ninth, into the eighth inning, he had to face the nine-hitter Jonathan Davis and then Biggio Grichuk. Uh, 95 pitches, I thought he was done. I, 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 I um, thought it was a good idea to hand the ball over to Britain. You, know, you, you got to go with your eight and nine, uh, eight, eighth and nine inning pitchers. Those, those are your high leverage relief pitchers. And at least for the eighth inning, it was a hold and save situation. So, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I applaud Aaron Boone for getting him out there at nine and five pitches. Yeah, you know, uh, he needed he needed a uh, length tonight from the starter, and he absolutely uh, 
I got it. So, you know, Debbie Garcia for a rookie, it's a pretty big uh, spot to come in and pitch well. It really is. And going down the stretch where you have to play, I guess you call them super important games with the Baltimore Orioles, with the Boston Red Sox, more with the Toronto Blue Jays. If you can get three or four more starts out of Debbie Garcia when he's pitching like this, I think the Yankees make the playoffs right now. But that almost seals the deal. This guy's elite. The Yankees, the Yankees are on the verge of a big winning streak, if you ask me. I do, too. I think they're due. I mean, we talked about this with the Mets. But they got clutch hits tonight. I mean, eventually you're going to just luck your way into some hits. And maybe they can use this Debbie Garcia start and turn it into something. We saw it earlier in the series. The offense, I don't think, isn't the problem right now. They scored, was it eight? Uh, was it seven runs on the seventh? Let me look at it real quick. They get yeah, they get seven, seven run seven runs on Monday. Game. Only get one yesterday, but then they get seven tonight. So the average is starting to come around, I see. And it's led by Glaber Torres, and he had four of the uh, seven runs scored. I mean, uh, four of the seven RBIs in the game. And Duo's playing well too. Yeah, he had he went over five tonight, but but he he uh, when I noticed Miguel Endor, I'm not taking anything away from Miguel Endor. He does not hit the ball very hard. Like he lucks his way into hits. I mean, listen, a hit's a hit. But Miguel Endahar doesn't make the best contact when it comes to hitting the baseball. No, but he, he finds the holes that counts. That's all that matters, right? It's just getting on getting on base and getting the hits. That's all that matters. So, yeah, you know, in a box score, it counts as a hit. It doesn't count as a soft line. It counts as a hit in a box score. Yeah. That's all I care about. And getting Glaber Torres back to what he was last year and the year before that, that's super important. Let's go up and down this lineup. From, you can make an argument at the bottom of this lineup, it's not very good. Brett Gardner, 165. Gary Sanchez has been no good this year. And then, of course, Tyler Wade. So, Glaber Torres, with a, with a, with a, with a good 1, 2, 3, and 4 hitters, Glaber Torres is giving you the depth in the lineup that this team needs. I, yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, Sanchez should be benched right now. I don't know why he's playing, if you ask me, as a Yankee fan. He's batting 100 or whatever he's batting. He's batting 125. Yeah. I don't know why he's playing. He should be benched. I don't know why he's playing. I'm looking for positives out of him. He walked today. At least he's not – his defense hasn't been hindered. At least he's performed well on the defensive side. He threw a couple of guys out on base today. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm just looking for positives from Gary Sanchez. I, I But no, he, I – Well, batting 100 is unacceptable. I agree. He, can, he, couldn't hit a, he couldn't hit a beef ball right now. Why is he playing? I mean, you know, the team well, because needs to win. What are the other options? I'd rather have Higashioka play. I don't know about that, but I mean, I I like well, that they benched him. I'll tell you this: we're paying all this money for a guy to bat one hundred. We're not paying Higashioka all that money to bat one hundred. And I'm mean, sure as hell not playing Eric Kratz either. And did you like what Boone did today? Not going with Eric Kratz behind the plate with with Debbie? Yeah, well, you know, he's got to face the number one. He's got to pitch the number one catcher eventually to him as a test, and he certainly passed it. Yeah, so I like it. I guess you've gotten to this point. And I'll ask you this: You've gotten to the point. Are you done with Gary Sanchez forever after this year? I have to see how the last couple of games go. I'm, I'm very close. I want him traded in the off season. It's so, getting to that point. So next year, let's say the Yankees go into the off season. Would you say it's a priority to get? some sort of new starting catcher. Let's say you keep Sanchez. Would you want to get 
a very good backup or a low rate or a low end starter just there to you know push Gary Sanchez or be there in case he goes on one of these uh miserable slumps again. Well, I'll give you one guy as a replacement for it would be JT Romuto. That would be the guy I'm looking for. I don't think the Yankees go after JT Romuto. I think no. Listen, the Yankees are not getting rid of Gary Sanchez. You could call for it all you want. They're not getting rid of him. They would. They would get. They would get something back for him. Like, well, but who would if to your stance? Who would take him? The Indians were taking and dying for catching right now. What do you want back from the Indians to Gary Sanchez? Uh, that I would have to see. I mean, maybe maybe you get two prospects back. I would think. Nice. See, I want. So, I. I. I the, Gary Sanchez when he's on, and I'll admit it. Right now, he's not on. It's clear. But when he's on. He can single-handedly put this offense on his back. And you saw it last year when he had 34 home runs in 106 games. Now, I'm not ready to write Gary Sanchez off because of a bad month and three weeks. Do you agree with me there? Well, I mean, you know, when when guys go down, you ask guys to produce. And, you know, when team is struggling, he hasn't produced the whole season. Well, neither have Mike Talkman. Neither have uh, Mike Ford, Brett Gardner. We don't expect oh, yeah, anything out of Tyler it, Wade. He has performed. Like There's, there's a bunch well, of guys in the slot that money. haven't performed. You're not paying the money like you have with Sanchez. What are you paying Sanchez? Well, I wouldn't say money, but you don't have the expectations like Sanchez. Like Tyler Wade, all right, we didn't expect the guy to hit 200. That's fair. But what do you expect Often, out of Gary Sanchez? What do you expect out of Gary Sanchez? I expect him to hit 240, 250. 30 home runs every year. Well, he's not getting the 30 home runs this year. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that. Well, no, in a, in a regular season, yeah. a regular season I'm talking about. And I think that's accept- I think I agree with you. That's that's completely acceptable. But I also don't think it's fair in a 60 game season with no spring training, with COVID outbreaks, with you name it, ridiculous amount of double headers. After what it would be if we were in a real season, it'd be the middle of May. If if we were in the middle of May in a regular season, would you be ready to dump Gary Sanchez like you are now? No, but I would be very concerned. I would too. I, let, let, anyone who's hitting one twenty one, we should be concerned about. I'm just saying, I'm not ready to write him off and ship him out just yet. Like if he, let's say he next year, I think Gary Sanchez should be your starting catcher. Next year, if Gary Sanchez again is hitting one seventy in June, then we can have this conversation. But right now, just because of a horrific month, I'm not ready. Now, if you want to talk about playing Kyle Higashioka, like you said, or playing Eric Kratz, that's totally fine. I, I am completely okay with giving Gary Sanchez a couple of nights off. I don't want to trade him. That's all. I, I understand your point, but I think it's getting to the point where you have to might alternate Sanchez one night against Yogi the other night because he's really bad right now. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I, I'd go Gary Sanchez every other night because, like I said, when he get, when he's on, he's going to carry your offense. So you you have to give him the opportunity to be hot, right? But he goes, but he goes very cold. He does go very cold. So I agree with what you're saying. I kind of like that idea. Let's go day on and day off for Gary Sanchez. That way, I think he will eventually get hot this year. So when he gets that hot streak, then you can play Gary Sanchez the way you'll regularly play Gary Sanchez. But for now. I like your idea of every other day. Mm-hmm. And, and the one point I'll make is you say, oh, excuses. Well, you know, the 60-game season, COVID outbreak. A lot of other teams have gone through that. 
So I don't want to hear that, well, you know, COVID outbreaks and this and that. A lot of other teams have gone through it. All the teams have gone through it. That's fair, but you've also seen a record amount of injuries this year. Be- I think yeah. it's due to be- because of no spring training and a well, scary amount no of doubleheaders. There's no question. I think it takes a toll on some. Maybe, hey, some players just aren't affected by it. But, like, for, for, uh, yeah, some players aren't affected. Like, Cole, as well, I mean, you know, hasn't been injured. Mm-hmm. I think Gary Sanchez is just one of those players. And it's unfortunate that the Yankees have too many of those guys that are not ready to, I don't want to say ready to hit, but have not taken too kindly to the lack of spring training they had. And I yeah. think it goes to the pitchers, too. I rolled as Chapman between having no spring training and fighting coronavirus for the whole month of August. That plays a huge toll. That, that takes a huge toll on him. And, and remember, and remember this too. Uh, you have to remember this too. Remember, he had a one start, one relief outing, and then he had, the, and we had that Mets postponement weekend where he didn't pitch mm-hmm. for eleven days. Right, and the team looking at so can't blame it really on him. You know, he's just been the victim of circumstance. You can't. And he comes in today and he strikes out the side. So some positive there for Chapman. Oh, yeah. Um, and then one more thing on the Yankees. Like we said earlier, they are now fighting for a playoff spot. Right now, let me check real quick. They have the eight. You have the eight seed, I think. Right? Yeah, because Minnesota. Yeah. So they have the eight seed right now. Uh, Baltimore and the Mets are still tied at six in the eighth. So I can't say where they're going to go. The, the Orioles right now are seven back. The Tigers are two back of the wild card. And the Mariners are two and a half. Out of the Orioles, Tigers, and Mariners, I'll be honest with you, this Seattle team scares me. I don't think me Baltimore's too. any good. Baltimore just on a on a, um, a hot stretch. They'll correct themselves. You saw Detroit lose seventeen nothing today, so they're no good. But this Seattle Mariner team—they're young, they're fast, and they're exciting. If there's one team to watch out for, watch out for the Mariners. I agree. Uh, I agree. They really, I think they, I think they have a bright future there. They do seven and three in their last ten, and they have a star-studded outfield with uh, Jake Fraley, uh, Kyle Kyle Lewis, and guys coming up like Taylor Trammell, Jared Kalenic, Julio Rodriguez. This Seattle team and their outfield in particular is going to be really, really scary one day. No, yeah, and there's no question about it. You know, they're going to be good. And, you know, if they ever get pitchers like Shedfield to come along or uh, Justin Dunn. And they have. This, this year, they're, they're they're performing well. Yeah, they have. Well, again, you know, the pitcher for 60 games. I'll just see how, you know, we can't base them off of just a couple of starts. Ooh, tough break for the Mets there. Ground ball at the middle, hit the base, and goes into left field. First and third, no one, uh, two out now. So, something to keep yeah, typical, Mets. typical Mets, exactly. They're going to blow this game. They're going to do what they did Monday. They're going to come back, give you hope, and then blow like the, the Phillies on Monday. But I don't know if I'm rooting for Baltimore or I, I'm rooting for nobody. I don't want to see the Mets win, but I, I don't want to see Baltimore win. So it's kind of the worst case scenario. I wish this team kind of neutral on this. Yeah, but I, I wish they would just tie. But that's a good transition to the Mets because you've seen it two nights in a row where the replacement for Zach Wheeler or the replacements rather with Rick Porcello and Michael Walker have been awful, and tonight. It was Rick Porcello who surrendered five runs, and I'm pulling up the box score right now for yesterday. But Mets lost, I think it was 11-2 to yesterday, and that was at the fault of Michael Walker. And these two guys, in, with Porcello in particular, here to eat innings, they're not doing their job. 
And Michael Walker, he's just he's he's a disaster. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, the Mets are really well. Remember, the Mets with no Schlomer opting out, and you got Syndergaard out for your hosting because you have to pitch these guys now. You got to, you got to, uh, and the Mets are going to get out of the game. There you go. So still tie going bottom eight. But you had to take your best relief pitcher out of your bullpen and put him in the starting rotation. And here's the line from Waka last night four innings, seven hits, five runs, four earned, struck out three. Just unacceptable. Unacceptable. And Giselle was no better. Guy got hurt. He went three and two thirds and gave up six earned. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is unacceptable. You know, you just have pitching after pitching that just doesn't work. You know, you, you, what are you going to say? I mean, you know, it is unacceptable. Eventually, you have to figure a way out. It is. And, and, and tonight we saw Porcello, four innings, five hits, five, uh, ten hits, five earned. So, two nights in a row, like I said, these replacements for Wheeler getting just thrown around by this Baltimore team that's just no good. Yeah, you know, for Baltimore, they had a couple of nice young pieces. I think Mountcastle looks like a good player. Dude, this yeah, Mountcastle so. kid's out the 380, uh, 383 in the batting average. He's 4 for 4 tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, he looks like a good kid. I mean, there's only been a couple at bats, so we don't know. Yet, mm-hmm. but looks like a looks like a promising type. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, you know, Santander looks like a promising. Uh, Hanser Alberto have- hits, swings at everything, but he gets on base. Yeah, you don't have Mancini either. So this team, you know, they got a couple pieces. No this question team, about that. If this team had Mancini, you you think they'd be a little closer to a playoff spot? They might be in the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, so you have those two guys that replace Wheeler, and what do you know? Zach Wheeler pitching to a two four seven ERA over in Philadelphia, and this is what Brody Van Wagenen gets. This is why his organization is so purely run. You had a guy like Zach Wheeler who was willing to stay here and take less money to be a Met. And this awesome and this genius general manager doesn't even offer the guy a contract. When Stevie Cohen takes over this team, his first order of business needs to be the kick this GM to the curb. He is awful. And he need to get a new manager. They need to clear house. And one more thing. Remember the whole, remember they got Billy Hamilton uh, from San Francisco? They traded their number 13 prospect to get him. A week and a half later, the guy was DFA'd. You gave up a live arm. Your number 13 prospect. There's to be DFA'd in a couple of weeks. What is that? I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, again, mismanagement from the Mets. It's, it's uh, always... And you know it's it's just time after time after time. It's just keep it's just keep mismanagement, mismanagement, mismanagement. It's not even funny. And for two New York baseball teams, even before tonight, because the Yankee, like you said, the Yankees won tonight. But you have two really, I want to say bad. Oh, the Mets take the lead. Who hit that? Uh, <laughs> do you know who hit that? I'm trying to see. I think it was Alonzo. Pete, Pete Alonso. Mets take the lead. All right, so let's. They're gonna bring in Edwin Diaz next inning, and hopefully we're still here because I want to. I want to see how that goes. <laughs> but um, who's coming off for the Orioles next inning? I'm sorry, I'm taking all the time here. Let's just see real quick. Who's coming for the Orioles next inning? Uh, I have no clue, but I'll get back to that in a second. Uh, where were we? What was I talking about? The Mets and their bullpen. Oh yeah, so Edwin Diaz is gonna come in. Let's see how that goes. But you take. 
Zach, uh, um, Seth Lugo out of your bullpen, who is your best reliever. And now we have to start. Brody Van Wagenen brought in no pitching depth to help this team out. And they saw injuries coming. If you didn't think there'd be injuries, then I'm sorry, you don't you don't, don't have a clue. Yeah, you, you, you really don't have a clue. Right? And, I, you know, where the managing is never held accountable, if you ask me. It's never held accountable. I, you know, when is it finally get held accountable? You know, so far it hasn't. And coming up next inning for the Orioles, Hanser Alberto, who's hitting over 300. He's a seven hitter, and then 8 9, Cisco Valleca. So Edwin Diaz, aside from Alberto, has a relatively easy part of the order to deal with. So if we're still here, we hopefully we can react to that. What'd you say? He's got to get that first guy out. Yeah, once he gets the first guys out, it should be smooth sailing. Otherwise, you got to flip over to the top of the order. And like I said, this Oriole team. Hitting really look at this. Cedric Mullins hitting three hundred. Jose Iglesias hitting three seventy six. Jeez. Okay. Um. Anyway, you want anything else on the Mets, Trevor? No. It's just that you know they're in a tight game right now. Yeah, and we have two New York baseball teams who have not played good as of late, and there is a chance. I'm not saying, like I said again, the Yankees are not going to miss the playoffs, but there is a chance that you're going to have no New York baseball in October. Yeah, there's a chance right now, yes. And if the Yankees don't make the playoffs, let's say by some ridiculous uh, scenario, the Yankees don't make the playoffs. Do you Baltimore think... goes like 15 and 0. Yeah, exactly. And the Yankees drop, I think they have 15 games. Left. Let's say they go 5 and 15 in their last 15. I mean 5 and 10 in their last 15. Do you think there's a chance that Aaron Boone doesn't uh, return as Yankee manager? Uh, mm, there's always a chance. I think it's a chance. Because his contract's up at the end of the year. And I'm not advocating for this, but the New York Yankees organization would be embarrassed in a 60-game season with eight playoff teams if they miss the playoffs. Like, how, how could you bring back the same coaching staff? Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. It is pretty embarrassing if they didn't make it. Yeah. And one more thing for the Mets. Um, they just got a – Pete Alonso was a leadoff guy. And the next guy, you know, I know I wasn't watching. I don't know who it is. Just got on first base. If you can give Edwin Diaz a couple of runs to work with, I think that would be so beneficial. Oh, yeah, because if you give him a run-run lead, I ain't trusting him with one. I ain't trusting him with two. I think he needs three. So – one more thing before we head over to the football. The Islanders are also playing right now, and they're tied 1-1 with 11 to go in a third. And Barry Trotz, ooh, ground ball. All right, one out for the Mets. Um, Barry Trotz goes with Varlamov, and it seems to have worked so far. Like I said, it's 1-1 right now, and no one's scored since the first period. And what the Islanders cannot do is go down 2-0 in this series. Now, if you can get it to 1-1, that would, of course, be great. But like I said, you cannot go down 2-0, 3-1, 3-0, almost impossible to dig yourself out of the, out of those holes. Yeah, I think, I think tonight's actually a must-win game. I think it is. I mean, of course, playoffs is, is always must-win. But I know what you're saying, that you don't want to go down 2-0, especially to what I think is the best team left in the playoffs is Tampa Bay Lightning. You don't want to go down 2-0 to them. I, I think you have to win tonight. All right. Do you want to add anything else on the Yankees, Islanders, or Mets? No. All right. So, Trevor, week one starts tomorrow. I, I got to be honest. I'm pumped up. But we're going to – You were talking about it for a long time. You're fired up. 
Oh, you know, you know it, Trevor. I'm fired up. But, um, so we're going to start this new thing. We'll pick three spreads per week. I'm going to keep standing, so I'm also going to write down your picks, Trevor. So, that way, make a little game out of it. So, do you want to start or do you want me to go? Uh, how about you start? All right, so here's my first game. I got the Texans tomorrow night getting nine and a half over the Kansas City Chiefs. So, that's Kansas City plus nine and a half. And I've been eyeing this game down for a couple days now. And with Deshaun Watson's new contract and the overall talent on this team between Will Fuller, J.J. Watt, Laramie Tunsil, they're going to keep this game close. And I think they'll, I don't think they'll win, but they're going to cover the nine and a half point spread. Well, they got a lot, they got a good offense. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. The defense is questionable. I agree. And Mahomes, any defense against Mahomes is questionable. Of course. So I'll be fair about that. You know, I feel like this game could be 24-21 or it could be 62-20. I, you know, I feel like Mahomes could go on an off night and throw seven touchdowns and the game's out of reach. I mean, it could happen. But, you know, in Kansas City and Arrowhead, there's always going to be fans. You have to make that into a little consideration. Mm-hmm. I think you could get nine and a half. I would certainly take the Texans at nine and a half, and the Chiefs minus nine and a half. That's so, what that's I, that that was my thinking here. Yeah, I would certainly take the Texans plus points, not the Chiefs minus points. All right, so you, uh, what, what's your first game? All right, my first game of the twenty twenty season is Raiders at Panthers. Now the Raiders are a field goal road favorite. I like the Panthers plus three. I think Teddy Bridgewater, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson. Those offensive weapons, I think it's going to work. I think they're better than Oakland. I Las Vegas, sorry. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback. I think he's underrated, and they're home. I like the Panthers plus three. You know, why not? That's a good pick, and you're looking to spoil the Raiders' first game as the Las Vegas Raiders. And also worth noting here, you have Christian McCaffrey with his brand-new contract extension, like you said, Robbie Anderson. And the starting job for Teddy Bridgewater, about time. Uh, it's possible. A, a field goal, is, it's going to be a very close game. Um, but, yeah, good choice there. My second game. Pick number two, the Seattle Seahawks at the Atlanta Falcons. I'll take the Seahawks minus one and a half here. And this game was just too easy. The Seahawks are a far superior team, and don't give me the offensive line. Russ does fine, and Atlanta's isn't much better. So the time difference in travel won't affect the Seahawks. So give me the Seahawks minus one and a half. I think it's a good pick. I like Seattle, too, very much well. I think the Falcons are overhyped, if you ask me. Me, too. What's your game, too? All right, next game here. I think this is the game of the day, by the way. Just, okay. just saying. Cardinals and 49ers. The 49ers are minus seven. I'm going to go with the Cardinals plus seven, and they're going to win the game outright, in my opinion. You got two dogs early. Okay. I think the Cardinals are underrated. Kyle Murray, Dada Fans, DeAndre Hopkins, they're underrated. There's no question about it. They're better than San Francisco, because San Francisco's offense, I think, is a little bit questionable, if you ask me. I like the I like the Cardinals plus seven, and they're gonna win the game outright. Well, I'm looking at this Arizona team, and I agree with you that they're underrated. 
But this offensive line is no good. There's a lot of questions on defense. And you're talking about the 49ers defending NFC champs. So I complete. I wouldn't pick this game. I, I chose to stay away from it. Seven points was too much. But if I had to choose this game, I would definitely go with the Niners minus seven. I, th- I think the Niners are winning. I mean, I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Game number three for me. I'm going with a Monday night game. The Monday night late game. I've got the Titans minus one and a half at Denver. And this was another game where I thought it was too good to be true. The Titans were a game away from the Super Bowl last year. No disrespect to the Broncos because they, they've they they've improved a lot over the offseason. And this is their first full year with Drew Locke as their starting quarterback. But we found out a couple of days ago that Von Miller's out and... This is a very good Tennessee Titans team. So I'll take the Titans minus one and a half. Suspect low line, I would say, to start with. I don't know why it's only one and a half. And before yesterday, because I was kind of upset because yesterday it was the Titans minus one. And I was expecting with Von Miller out, this line to shoot up to, I don't know, two, two and a half. But for it to stay at one and a half, I was I was happy and surprised. Yeah, me too. I thought it was very surprising that it was uh, stayed at. Uh... Right there, but I would definitely take the Titans. I agree with you on that. All right, what's your game number three? All right, game number three for me, Dolphins at Patriots. Patriots are getting six and a half, and I thought this is too good to be true. I mean, you know, no Tua, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I like the Patriots minus six and a half. Cam Newton's debut is going to go very well. I think Cam Newton's going to fit in here really well. First pitch to or first batter is Hansard Burger gets on. Yep. So that's what you cannot do. You cannot get Hanser Alberto on base. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to go to a pinch runner here. Alberto's not that fast. But you look at that. Inside pitch just goes well. That's a good piece of hitting right there. Yeah, it is. Um, Anyway, back to this. Cam Newton, the Pats. Trevor, it's a match made in heaven. Cam Newton's on a prove me deal. Um, Bill Belichick's going to do something to him. They're going to get him back to prime Pam, uh, Cam Newton. And this Miami Dolphins team, they made a... A lot of big offseason splashes. They had a great draft, but they're still not a very good football team. So I agree with you here. Pats minus six and a half. Yes. All right. We got week one of the NFL coming up. Giants, uh, Pittsburgh on Monday night. Uh, we'll be here Monday night to break that game down along with the Jets and all of all of the uh, NFL games on uh, Sunday and Monday. So I'm Joe Morales. You get me on Twitter at Joe Morales underscore. That's Trevor Markowski. This has been the MDM Podcast.